Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. First and foremost, this month is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I would just like to say this to anyone out there who is either dealing with any mental health issues uh, or know of someone who is dealing with any mental health issues, uh, take this stuff seriously. Um, never overlook it. And if you can, reach out to somebody. If you're dealing with something, reach out to a close friend or a family member, somebody who you think you can talk to and open up to. And on the other side of the fence, if, if you're not dealing with anything, then I'm sure you can find somebody in your life, somebody you haven't spoken to in a while, family or friend who may be dealing with some rough things, reach out to them. You don't even tell them you got this idea from a podcast. You can just send them a text message. Hey, how's it going? As someone who deals with their own issues, um, a text message can can make a day. It really can. Uh, so so do that. Um, and, and, you know, the one thing about this this month, don't let these kind of actions just happen during the month of May. Keep that good, positive energy moving forward completely past the month of May. Um, mental health awareness should be a, a daily activity, making sure that those around you are okay. And it's not a, it's not a weakness thing. Uh, it's just being there for your fellow man, whether or not it's sending a text message to a friend to let them know that they're not alone in this world or reaching out to a cousin you haven't spoken to in a while just to see how things are going. Those little moments in our life when we kind of re-enter each other's lives always feel the best. So uh, keep that energy even past the month of May, and I will make sure to do that on my end as well. Uh, before I was recording, I was brought to the attention of the news that apparently a movie starring Sandy Cheeks is being worked on. Uh, it is a spin-off movie being directed by Lisa Johnson and is going to be a hybrid feature film. Uh, I don't know if that means it'll be, I don't think it's going to be in theaters, but it's going to be a hybrid feature that will put the animated character in a live action setting. Um, now going through this, all of these spin-offs and movies until we see more concrete proof of their existence, it's, it's tough to say because it was it was just a couple of years ago that um, when there was an announcement that they would be making a you know some projects for Netflix, Nickelodeon before Paramount Plus was even a thing, Nickelodeon was having a pretty good deal going on with Netflix. They had given them both the Rocco and Invader Zim movies. Um, they were going to be doing Ninja Turtles and The Loud House. They were going to keep filling Netflix with all of these Nickelodeon movies. And then all of a sudden Paramount Plus came and boom, all of those plans were just kind of gone. But I think anything that's already been, you know, contracted is is pretty much going through. So in November 2019, there was a article from The New York Times of all places that mentioned that a music based Squidward project was in development for Netflix. Um, Vincent Waller eventually came out about that news and said that there was, in fact, not a Squidward project spinoff coming um apparently he said on twitter that it wasn't real somebody responded to him with the with the article from the new york times and vincent waller said the article is wrong um he's saying that there he's not saying that there will never be a squidward spinoff but the one he said that no one on the spongebob team is currently working on anything to do with squidward 
Um, so we got that like news and then it was debunked. So then here comes this Sandy Cheeks news with, I mean, the fact that they have a director already seems pretty concrete. Um, uh, Collider is reporting this. Now, Collider is where I get my daily movie news. So the fact that this, now I was at work all day today, really just not on my phone, not really paying attention. Um, and, and the times I do get to check my phone, I'm not on Facebook where I follow Collider and I get most of their news. So this, uh, this completely shocked me coming home and seeing this. Um, so I trust Collider with their report. Um, they, they, I, as far as I know, they've never said anything that, that came out to just be completely false that they started. So, um, apparently when contacted a representative from Nickelodeon had no comment, um, but also that there, the, the production is expected to start in August in New Mexico. Now let's just stop here for a second and talk about a Sandy cheeks, live action hybrid movie. I'm not against it. I'm not against it. Here's why the fact that they're going to New Mexico tells me that this is going to show Sandy in Texas and Sandy's home and her being in Texas is something we've only really been told in in the show. We've never really got to experience Sandy's life. So if I don't know if this is a prequel that shows Sandy in Texas before she eventually goes to the ocean or if this is um, set as she's you know living in Bikini Bottom and going back up to the surface. I have no idea about that information. Um, I mean, we've, I guess I would rather see the latter since we've already been told why she is underwater. We've already seen characters that helped put her in the tree dome. So I guess seeing a, a movie about that, although if they are going to do a prequel movie and completely change the trajectory of, um, what has happened in the show, they could easily connect it to the, to the timeline, uh, issue with camp coral that they've already kind of, you know, caused for themselves and then answered. And that could be something interesting where this is following Sandy after Camp Coral and how she gets to Bikini Bottom there, like, or back to camp. I don't know. It's it's probably Sandy visiting her family or something. Um, there, But there's no word on where this is coming to. I, I imagine this is going to be for Netflix. It, it, it's something safe for Netflix because if it fails, it's on Netflix's part. Like they like it's it's their problem. But, you know, if it's a success, then it just helps bolster the SpongeBob brand. Paramount Plus doesn't have to to gamble on Sandy Cheeks as a movie to be a success or failure. They can just, you know, this is like their experimental, whatever contract they have with Netflix. They could just come up with the weirdest stuff, you know, just to see like, hey, if it fails, it's it's Netflix's failure. If it succeeds, then it's SpongeBob's success like I maybe that is true. That's me guessing. I'm interested to at least see what is of of this. I'm not I will just say upon reading the idea I want to see what there is about this. Um maybe I might change my tune once things become a little bit more concrete as to what's going on, how it looks, you know, what is the story? Does it look hokey? Is it just I I, I don't know, but there's going to be more SpongeBob projects. Uh, the The universe is going to be expanding here. They they've they've had plans. I wish they would put more energy into more than just SpongeBob. Like 
SpongeBob content is great. I love what they're doing with Rugrats. Um, I, I believe they must have some hand in the Ren and Stimpy project over at Comedy Central or some semblance of Nickelodeon. I mean, it, ultimately, Ren and Stimpy are their characters. So I, I don't know if they would want, you know, I have no idea. But I, they should just be doing more. It doesn't even have to be, I don't want to say original stuff, but if they want to dump more money into bringing back Hey Arnold for another season um, or bring in more Nicktoons, just more original Nicktoons, something. I, I don't know. There's got to be more than just banking money on SpongeBob. Don't you remember when Fairly Odd Parents was just neck and neck with SpongeBob in popularity? Um, and I, I think the only reason the Fairly Odd Parents even delved from that path was the fact that in stores, the merchandise wasn't selling as hot as SpongeBob was. So, but in the ratings, there was an entire year where Fairly Odd Parents was just like almost hand over fist beating SpongeBob in the ratings. If I remember correctly, like 2002 or 2003, it was insane. If they weren't beating SpongeBob, they were definitely neck and neck. It was it was close because there was some weeks that you would hear news that Fairly Odd Parents had the number one rated program that week on Nickelodeon surpassing SpongeBob. So I, I remember those times. But uh, yeah, well, they have that live action series coming, I guess. I don't know. I do more spinoffs of other shows. I want to see what Donnie from the Wild Thornberries does when he's a teenager. Eliza is probably like a veterinarian going around the world, helping out different animals. Donnie's with her. Darwin's still with her. Do something like that. That's an interesting idea. Just at least give me like story credits. That's all I ask if you're going to steal it at some point. Uh, but before we get into today's SpongeBob episode of Squirrel Jokes, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. Hey, why does it take more than one squirrel to change a light bulb? Why? Because they're so darn stupid. <laughs> Squirrel Jokes is a season two episode in the second half of the 31st episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. It first premiered September 14th, 2001. It was written by Paul Tibbet, Walt Dorn, and Meriwether Williams. The main directors of this episode are Paul Tibbet and Walt Dorn. I absolutely love this episode. This is in my top five episodes of all time because it deals with another love of mine, stand-up comedy. 
I am an, a big fan. I was going to say I'm an absolutely big fan of stand-up comedy. I just I just love comedy. I love different voices. I love to hear different jokes come out of different voices. I love to hear what you have to say. Um, a good stand-up comedy act is is like watching somebody write or draw. Everybody's got their own special way of doing things. Um, and, and I have just listened to so many comedians over time and fell in love with so many different styles and kinds of jokes. Um, I love everything from Stephen Wright to George Carlin. I love classic comedy. I love new comedy. And man, I love this episode because I feel like it deals with a lot of important issues. Um, and I, I obviously everybody knows the big one, but I think it also it has good arguments on on really both sides of the fence here of, of this kind of joke argument. But we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. What's going on? I got to tell you about this episode. The episode opens up at the Krusty Krab where they are for the second time putting on uh, a live performance um, instead of having just a straight up talent show this night, they are the comedy crab. It is stand up comedy night at the Krusty Krab and the house is packed. Mr. Krabs is not does not have a problem with putting shows on at the Krusty Krab. They are able to get a crowd and the crowd it, 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 to their credit are absolutely having a blast. Um, now there's a few weird things here. The, the first comedian to come, actually, I got to bring up Mr. Krabs is a, a wonderful costume. He is dressed for success on this comedy night. Uh, Mr. Krabs has a, a very tacky green plaid looking blazer, a orangish yellow bow tie and this big green, like clown nose at the tip of his actual nose. Um, and he even comes out with a classic Steve Martin gag, uh, the old arrow through the head bit. He has that in the top of his eye stalks, which is, is pretty funny. And I appreciate the effort on Mr. Krabs's part. Uh, he is the MC for the show. Squidward, uh, is, is absolutely nowhere to be seen. And I, I don't blame him comedy, like stand up comedy. Squidward's like, I'm, I'm going home. I'm not staying here and watching this. I'm, he's not even trying. I'm sure Squidward being as angsty as he is would, would make an excellent monologuer and stand up comedian, but, uh, it's, it's not his time to shine. It is. So first person to come out is apparently a big comedy star in Dougie Williams. Dougie Williams makes his debut in uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, and it's the only time we have seen Dougie Williams in the show. Uh, but he comes out to a massive uh, applause from the crowd. They have clearly seen this comedian before, and he has a bit in which um, he even says it like, I'm going to skip all of the jokes and get to the bit in which I throw pies at you and the crowd pulls out all of their umbrellas and gets ready to get hit with pies. Um, the crowd then just cheers and Dougie Williams leaves the stage. It's such a, like all you have to do is go out and throw pies. Like he was on stage for like less than 30 seconds. It's, it's incredible. Um, unless the time jump to seeing behind the curtain is, is just afterwards, but, um, it, it's crazy. Now the pie throwing, gag is of course a a little bit of a of a wink 
or a nod to the uh, famous comedian Gallagher. If you've never heard of Gallagher, he is a uh, he, he when he was younger, he did a lot more prop comedy. And during those times, another famous prop comic, Carrot Top, came up out of the blue. And prop comics would, you know, it's a lot of visual gags, really, that you're going to make the audience laugh with. Oh, look at this. It's really giant. Or here's this invention that does this one thing. And, you know, you, then you move on to the next gag. But Gallagher also, other than telling, you know, jokes on top of having props, um, was known for his ending bit in which he would take out the sledgeomatic which was a giant, uh, it, it's supposed to be a big sledgehammer, but it was usually made um, out of just like a big block of wood at the top. It wasn't necessarily like a sledgehammer, but it, it was a big flat surface because he would slam it down on watermelons or other fruit that would then burst out into the audience. Um, that, that, that He was mainly known for that. So anytime you would see watermelon mallet gags, they were usually for Gallagher. And this guy coming out and throwing pies, it just, I don't know, it reminds me of, of Gallagher just coming out and everybody only really wanting the watermelons. That's what he's known for. So if he just came out and did that, most people would probably go home happy because they got to see the watermelon gag. Uh, but anyway, Dougie Williams leaves the stage. SpongeBob is up next, which is the first weird thing because according to this episode... Now, no one comes out and says this, but I'm just guessing this based off of the fact that the crowd knows Dougie Williams and he, you know, mentions that he has a bit that everybody likes. So they've seen him before. He is apparently not the headliner of the comedy crab night. Um, I, I think SpongeBob is, even though Mr. Krabs comes to him afterward. So uh, hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. Next up is SpongeBob SquarePants. Dougie Williams gives him some a, a bit of a confidence booster. What a guy in comedy, a guy who is established. Usually the established guys go last because they're the they're the big names. Um, and for Dougie Williams to go ahead of a relative newcomer in SpongeBob SquarePants is admirable. He uh, he even said, like, I warmed him up for you. Like, what a great guy. What a great comedian. Uh, SpongeBob goes on and starts telling some pretty crummy jokes. Um, he's trying to be an observation comic. Uh, something akin to Jerry Seinfeld, somebody who would, you know, point out something. Now, the whole bit with people making fun of Jerry Seinfeld is what's the deal with enter item? But he never says that like that's not a Jerry Seinfeld thing, but he is an observation comic. So SpongeBob is bringing up, you know, what's the deal with salt shakers? I, I fill them up every night and they seem to disappear. Like it's just bad observational humor. It's not good. He's pointing out the obvious. Um, he, he's starting to get crickets and as his jokes go on, they have a, another visual gag of a cutaway of a cricket, but then show you that the cricket is not even clicking. Like his jokes are so bad that even the critic has to stop. Um, I get one of my favorite lines in this, which is, uh, the fish all the way in the back, uh, Fred, I think yelling out. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. Absolutely love that. Um, SpongeBob, eventually, as he's looking around the room, he's finding other objects to observe and try to make jokes out of. He notices a fork, and then he looks over and notices Sandy sitting over next to Patrick. And he points out that, have you ever noticed how big Squirrel's teeth are? And at that moment, the crowd 
stops their booing, stops their jeering, and they there's a few giggles. And SpongeBob then just goes on an entire machine gun of jokes at Squirrels. Now, he's not pointing out Sandy and saying, Sandy is dumb. Sandy is this, Sandy is that. He's just talking about Squirrels. Squirrels are dumb. His closing bit is, why does it take more than one squirrel to screw in a light bulb? Crowd asks why. Because they're so darn stupid. And raises his hands up and the crowd goes nuts. They love SpongeBob. He goes backstage to find Mr. Krabs congratulating him on his success and thinks that he should be the headliner for next week's show. And SpongeBob then asks what the headliner gets to do, and Mr. Krabs responds with clean up after the last act. And he hands him the mop and says, get to work. SpongeBob then says, you know, he gets to cleaning, which means that SpongeBob was the last act as far as I know. They didn't say any other comedians were going on, so I think SpongeBob may have headlined the first night of the Comedy Crab, or at least that night. They didn't say it was the first, but uh, it's the first time we've heard about it going on at the Krusty Krab. Um, now, of course, Sandy then confronts SpongeBob about the hurtful na nature of the jokes, and SpongeBob says something that, like, hey, sometimes you have to be able to laugh at yourself. And Sandy accepts that answer, and you know what? I accept that answer, too. But I also understand what happens with Sandy as the episode goes on, because she does accept that. You, you do have to laugh at yourself sometimes. I think it's healthy to be able to laugh at yourself, to be able to kind of take a back seat for a second and, and look at yourself. And, and hey, there are some funny things. We're, we're all human. We're, we all have something about us that is, you know. Just maybe that we might find funny ourselves, not necessarily that it would be funny to everybody else, but you got to be able to laugh at yourself in some semblance, not even about you or your body or your personality. It could be something that you collect, something that you drew, you, you know, how people always say, oh, I can't even draw a stick figure. That's kind of funny. You can't draw a stick figure. Um, but, you know, so SpongeBob says that and he's right and Sandy leaves and we get to see just how Bikini Bottom treats Sandy throughout her day, which is calling her smelly, um, alluding to her smell because of the jokes SpongeBob made about her fur and, and that it could stink. Um, they treat her as if she's dumb. She's pretty much treated badly by everybody she encounters. It's all the fish that were at the comedy club, and they're all talking about squirrels as if they know anything about squirrels beyond what SpongeBob said. And Sandy gets rightfully upset. And this is the part that I kind of mentioned earlier about, you know, there being two sides of the fence here about this. Um, as much as I agree that you should be able to laugh at yourself or be able to laugh at something about yourself, uh, I think there are those who, uh, just like in this episode, hear a joke from a comedian. They're at a comedy club. You're here to listen to jokes, but then you take some of those jokes out into the real world and sometimes treat them as fact. Um, or, you know, use those jokes to belittle others. Like in, where you're not in a comedy club, you're not a comedian and you're using it as an insult. Uh, and then that, you know, swings itself back around almost at the comedian for saying it in the first place, where in their world, they're just here making a joke. It's kind of crummy. I'm sure if 
after Sandy left the crab that night, and I was almost going to call it the comedy crab, but the, the business is still the crusty crab. But either way, when she left that night, she seemed okay with SpongeBob's response. I'm sure if while she was at Bargain Mart looking for deodorant and nobody was making comments about her being a squirrel, she would be back at the comedy crab making more of a stink to SpongeBob. If the citizens of Bikini Bottom were able to accept that the jokes told in the comedy club we're we're just jokes then i don't i don't think there would be a problem here but they couldn't do that they took those jokes and they started belittling sandy because of it and then sandy had every right to be angry with spongebob now um even though she started telling him and he really wasn't listening uh he really should have been more aware about what was going on and at least listened to his friend. That's where he was a bad friend. Um, now, Sandy goes to him and and basically gives him just a pep talk before the show. This is the next week. And she just tells him no more squirrel, squirrel jokes. Just don't. Can you can you say some of those old ones you like uh, that I like? Um, and SpongeBob, for as good of a friend as he is, does go out and try to be as bad as he was originally, um, not on purpose. I think he just comes out there and he just, you know, says this joke about a goldfish. Like, you know what happened to the goldfish who went bankrupt? Now he's a bronze fish, which a little bit of a trivia note here to celebrate SpongeBob's 10th anniversary. Comedy Central's joke of the day on July 17th, 2009 was SpongeBob's goldfish joke here about the uh, goldfish turning into a bronze fish. Uh, it was the same day that the the ultimate SpongeBob sponge bash took place, which was a uh, massive marathon of of SpongeBob. It was it was a big 10th anniversary celebration of of everything SpongeBob. Uh, it was actually a few days. I know that there was um, they started it at 8 p.m. on July 17th and ran it all the way through July 18th and then ending on July 19th with, uh, with like 12 new episodes. Absolutely crazy to think about, but what an event. Now, almost immediately, the, uh, the jokes just start bombing. Um, SpongeBob looks over at Sandy, who is still giving him visual support. She, you know, she's sitting there smiling. It's not like she, um, notices anything. Now that's kind of the problem with Sandy here is that, uh, She's not noticing that SpongeBob is struggling up there. Uh, he's, you know, the, the road's got to go two ways here. I mean, he he was this massive comedian that people are expecting to see. And now that you've taken all the jokes away from him, he is no content. And she has to be aware that the content he has or the jokes. I Like, that's why they're not even I, <laughs> I didn't even mention that there were jokes. I mentioned that they were content because that's what they were. Um SpongeBob has this inner monologue and it's kind of a, a great scene where he he's looking at the microphone and he's like, this is it. You, you got to think like your your friends or your career. He drops the microphone and walks backstage. Now, if you think that was the end of the episode, you're absolutely wrong because he immediately charges back on stage with a horn and giant buck teeth saying, howdy, y'all. Immediately goes into the Texas accent, says his light bulb joke, and just 
struts around the stage with his horn and the buck teeth and the crowd is going wild. Sandy is visually upset and leaves a note on his dressing room mirror saying that, you know what, he was right, the jokes are funny, and that he should go to the Tree Dome tomorrow so that they could celebrate, and SpongeBob is relieved that he gets to keep both his friends and his career. But what waits for him when he comes to the Tree Dome, which is also the second time that he was bringing flowers to the Tree Dome from Episode 2, um... Or episode three, if you're someone who considers Reef Blower the second episode. But um, Tea at the Tree Dome, either way, can't argue with that one. Uh, second time since tree at the, Tea at the Tree Dome that he brought flowers to Sandy. And it's also the second time that he was basically frying out in her Tree Dome. Uh, what awaits SpongeBob as he comes into Sandy's Tree Dome is Sandy, but different. She has transformed herself into the most southern hick squirrel you could think of massive buck teeth like they even added uh, a bit of a gap in between her teeth and you could see her gums a little bit she's wearing um uh, coveralls and she's got it's just she looks different and she's acting dumb uh, she pushes spongebob onto a log to sit down that's covered in glue so he obviously can't move and she's just you know, oh, I put glue there so you wouldn't fall down and and then gets the roses and then takes off his protective helmet thinking it's a vase. Puts the puts the not the roses, the flowers in, in the vase. Um, SpongeBob, of course, is now drying out without the water. Then she realizes, oh, you're a water critter. You need <laughs> you're an undersea critter. You need uh, what's that word? Um and starts thinking of what the word is, which is water. The weird thing about this design is they gave Sandy here an Adam's apple, which is usually on men, but visually it's a it's a funny visual, so I get it. Uh, then she realizes that the word is water, uh, drags a hose over to SpongeBob and starts f overfilling him, which, you know, then SpongeBob is freaking out understanding what she's getting at okay no more squirrel jokes and she is just pumping him with water uh until we get this really funny gag in which she thinks he's asking for more water grabs the end of the hose that would go into the where the faucet or spout is and brings it over to one that's connected to her tree dome that apparently sucks in water just from the ocean and, I, and a jellyfish gets sucked in there that's going all into spongebob's mouth by the way uh, we then get this this shot of him completely engulfing the tree dome which i don't know i mean i guess he is sponge so it wouldn't really hurt but i don't know if that helps her in any regard he then says okay no more squirrel jokes and we're immediately brought to the third night of the comedy crab uh with spongebob out on stage um he has this wonderful set, and I think it shows that SpongeBob was able to grow as a comedian. And I and it worked out for both of them in the end. It was a wonderful end to this episode. Because obviously SpongeBob's comedy derived on punching down on another cre creature, another animal. I was gonna say another fish, but obviously a squirrel's not a fish. Uh his comedy worked when he was punching down on another creature. Um, and he does what is really smart here and a lot of what a lot of comedians do. Um, well, first off, he opens with a line that is kind of a wink to his squirrel jokes. He says, you know, hey, on my way here, I saw a squirrel. And I said, hey, 
Why don't you get a couple of your friends and we'll go screw in a light bulb? It, it's kind of cute. It's I'm sh- like, that's just adorable for him to have that to come out and the crowd goes nuts. And then he starts making fun of sea sponges. And this is what a lot of comedians do is that self-deprecation humor is is very popular. It's very easy to go up on stage and start talking about yourself. And it's an easy way to get the crowd to laugh because you're making fun of yourself. There's no one else in the room or anyone out in the world that needs to be worried about what you're saying because you're making fun of yourself. So it's an easy way to get the crowd on your side, basically. And once he does that and is able to get the crowd on his side... He then moves on to making fun of crabs. He mentions how cheap they are, and Mr. Krabs laughs at the joke. He then makes fun of other animals in the audience. He makes fun of fish, uh, and and the crowd is just loving it, and he ends on this wonderful note uh, of him, like, don't get me started about starfish, and the scene cuts to black. It is a absolutely wonderful take on stand-up comedy and jokes and punching down. Now, there are people out there who, you know, believe that if if there's any punching down on a joke in any way, shape, or form, that it's wrong. And, you know, look, I would say, well, that doesn't mean it's still not a joke. Um, it doesn't say whether it's right or wrong. If it's a joke, it's a joke. Is it, Then it's a joke as long as somebody out there finds it funny. Um, and not every joke is going to make everybody laugh. That's kind of the beauty of comedy is that there's so many different kinds of comedians, comedic styles, whether or not you want really clean or really inappropriate. You can surely find a comedian out there that speaks to you enough that you become a fan. Um, now, I, I think this I think this episode does a wonderful job of... Um, now, I wish we could have a little bit more here because I wish uh, SpongeBob was, you know, at least the fish of Bikini Bottom were able to understand this a little bit better of... Like, hey, don't take these jokes outside of the comedy club and use them as insults. They didn't really get that moment. I guess you could lean to the fact that, you know, SpongeBob made a fish joke about everybody kind of smelling. Um, you could say, look at that and say, ah, they got their comeuppance right there. But that doesn't still mean that they won't take the jokes about Sandy or Mr. Krabs or SpongeBob or Patrick and leave the comedy crab and then, you know, treat them late. You know, obviously we, you know, we've seen episodes after this. It's just silly conversation, but that's squirrel jokes. That is uh, literally, it's one of the best episodes of season two. It's one of my favorite episodes of all time. I, I mentioned this last week. This episode came three days after September 11th, 2001. And the, the absolute tragedy that happened in New York city uh, with, with the attacks on the world trade center, three days. Um, I can't like, Hey, everybody who was there, you remember where you were that day. And I distinctly remember watch watching this and last week's episode just so soon after. And I like latched onto it. This is like, this had my full attention. This was the first thing that had my full attention for three days because ever since the morning of 9-11, it was, all eyes were just on the news. Even as a kid, I was in the sixth grade. I I was interested because I, I wanted to know what happened and I was trying to soak up as much as I could. And, you know, it, I, that's what makes me love, like when people ask me why SpongeBob, why do you love SpongeBob so much? 
I there's moments like there's little nuanced moments like that that I can't really explain. Um, it's like SpongeBob was just there for me at times when when I really needed him. Uh, and hey, that's that's what we all look for, right? We we all when we're having a rough time or you need a distraction, you go to a uh, you know a TV show, a movie. Some of you probably read. Some of you probably go to comics. Some of you watch videos on YouTube or play video games. Like, and there's usually that you know those few things within those pieces of entertainment that you go to. And for me, like SpongeBob has just been there during those big, massive times as a kid that there was something to look forward to. And when I was able to watch it, it had my full undivided attention. And anything that can get my full undivided attention is amazing in my book. So um, absolutely love this episode. It's it's one that that I hold dear in my heart. And especially, like I said, being a fan of comedy here, um, I, I love that they were able to do this. And it was it came out, it's just one of my favorite episodes. It came out so well. It, it could have gone bad, but they were able to tackle a very, you know, it, very like specific issue here. And I think they did a wonderful job. I also love that the title card has that classic brick wall look, which you would usually see behind comedians um, because some comedy clubs have, you know, that has that aesthetic for the comedians there. It's it's a classic look. And I and I love the uh, the little little accents like that. Absolutely love them. And that is this week for the Squarecast. Thank you for joining me on this ride. If you are a part of the Ready Crew, I appreciate you and I welcome you with open arms. Thank you for being a part of this. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at SpongeBob Podcast. We're also SpongeBob Podcast on Twitch, uh, which I have Operation Krabby Patty ready to go. We're going to be streaming that at some point, I'll make sure there's an announcement on Twitter and Instagram for that. And and we have some video games coming up, guys. We got Operation Krabby Patty. We got Super Sponge. We got a lot coming down the pipe. Uh, pay attention to the YouTube and Facebook. I got some unboxings of the uh, Winter Nick box and the very first Bikini Bottom box going up uh, within a week. So if you're listening to this, this is May 20th. This is going to be uh, within a week. Those two videos will be up on both of those channels. So check those out. And then, of course, um, the newest Nick and Bikini Bottom boxes are being delivered soon. And unboxings for those will be up as well. So thank you for all the fans of this show. I appreciate each and every one of you. If you would ever like to write into the show and have your emails read, uh, ask questions, make comments, anything, you can email me at snailmail at euphonics.com, U-F-O-N-Y-X.com. I appreciate all of you. Have a wonderful night, and we'll see you next time. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod. 
You can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy.